Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Buy Sweet Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Demarius Randall signing, the fallout from Eli Apple. But before we get into that, got a special guest for you guys. Jose, why don't you go ahead and introduce him for us? Oh, man, it's the homie Bonte Hill, man. Aside from being a little bit of a a little bit of a mess, mess around with me sometimes here and there. It's it's all love, though. <laughs> it's, it's like a little little older little brother things. You know, if, if it wasn't for him, though. I will say that he, he his pathway, not too many people know about his pathway. I know a little bit about it, but because of him is because of why I'm able to have a little hope in my career and why I'm at where where I'm at currently. So because of he kind of set the standard, it just, it just takes one and then you just see that little glimmer of light and just latch onto it. So it, it, he's probably a little strange, like, whoa, he's saying this about me because we're always going back and forth, but uh, it's nothing but love. So right on for hopping on, Bonte. <laughs> I know it, it took me everything, even during this time of uh, – uh, quarantine and COVID-19, and I said, damn, do I want to spend 15 minutes of my Sunday with Jose? <laughs> Matt, I knew Matt was going to be on here, so I said, you know, I'm going to throw Matt a bone, man, and I could, I could handle Jose for about 15, 20 minutes, but nah, Jose's, man, it, it, it's been, you know, and I won't say too many nice things about Jose, <laughs> the world or anything, but it's been great to see his come up, man, being in the press box with him at Levi's Stadium, seeing him down in Miami covering the Super Bowl, uh, coming from the UPS, uh, uh ups life that we both went through <laughs> him doing his thing man and and uh and thrive and he's an up-and-comer in this game man it's good to see guys like like jose and of course you matt uh doing your thing here man so it's always a pleasure man seeing guys come up and grow and and just continue to get better and better and better and progress in their work man that that always makes me proud man especially in a game in an industry where you see a lot of haters and a lot of people just kind of mm-hmm. hating the young generation and and guys coming up, man, I actually enjoy that, man. Seeing them, you know, just kind of be a sponge on, the, be a sponge and and just soak up the game and and soak up how to do things, man. So it's it's always a pleasure to be able to talk to my young guy, uh, my young hyena, Jose. Thanks in that, but uh, let, let's get excuse to talk, me. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me? Hey, what was the score of that game again, uh, Bonte? We played the other week in Madden? It's an overtime loss, right? So it couldn't be by more than... Uh, no, 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 wait, wait, what, what, wait, keyword, keyword, what was that? Loss? Lost? No, 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 keyword was loss. You play to win the game. Hello? Come on, sonny. Come on, that's all that matters. I'm not going to lie, that would hurt me bad. It hurt me to lose that one. I wanted that one bad. I was standing up in my living room every single play. <laughs> Trying to get audibles and Kirk Cousins lit my ass up, Matt. <laughs> Dude, I, I just love that. Even though there's nothing else to do, people still have to, like, still pulling teeth to get people to spend 15 minutes with Jose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I'm happy I can actually brag about beating someone in Madden. Says Chris, he beat me that one time. He was the Saints, and I was a weak-ass team. And he has the nerve to keep ducking me, man. He's <laughs> ducking me like Ali. or No, he's ducking me like Floyd was Manny for those eight years. Come on, man. <laughs> But anyways, we got some business yeah. here. Yeah, so Bonza, yeah, I mean, first thing we want to talk about, just kind of get your your general thoughts on free agency, how the Raiders done. You know, obviously you you follow the team for a while, talked about them in the media. So kind of what what are your uh, your general thoughts about it? I, you know what? I think the Raiders are getting better and better and better. You know, uh, you, you add Nick O'Leary, a tight end. I like the young man out of Florida State. Not sure what's happened so far in his young career in the pros. Jason Witten, a veteran. You get a veteran in that locker room. Um, I know he doesn't have much left in the tank, but you get a veteran there just to get him in the building and show that, hey, we're willing to pay players. 
Um, I still think they need to address the wide receiver position, which we'll probably yep. see in this upcoming NFL draft with the Raiders picking 12th overall, the first of two first-round picks. Uh, Mariota's interesting. Marcus Mariota, I thought the Raiders would be going after Tom Brady a little bit or going after one of these other quarterbacks that were kind of moving around this offseason. But to bring in Marcus Mariota, a guy who, you know, it's no secret that John Gruden and Matt and Mike Mayock really loved coming out of Oregon. They really loved Mariota coming out of Oregon, who won the Heisman Trophy, to give him that $17 million deal. Now, I know he has to play up to it with the incentives and everything, yep. but it'd be interesting to see him push Derek Carr, and I think that will make the team better. Uh, defensively, I like what they did at linebacker, starting with Corey Littleton. I think the Raiders got better. That whole Eli Apple situation was strange because I was on board with Eli Apple. I thought he played a lot better in New Orleans. Been around some good players in New Orleans and Sean, playing under Sean Payton. And, and of course, Dennis Allen at D.C. down there in New Orleans. But Demarius Randall's not bad. He's not a bad player. You bring him into this locker room because I think he's going to be better with the pass rush. And the pass rush last year got better. And it's still an area of concern, no doubt, for the Raiders um, moving forward. You know, we got to see what Cleo and Farrell can do next year in his second year coming out of Clemson. But so far, fellas, I, I like what the Raiders have done. And I think on paper, they are better. And let, let's be honest, man. They were in the playoff hunt last year. They were in the playoff hunt. Now with the playoffs expanding to seven teams in each conference, I like where the Raiders are going uh, uh, in 2020. Whoa, are you saying it's a real shot the Raiders can get to the playoffs? That's don't hey don't don't give us a little bit of a hope because some people might stick with that and run with it. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it gets a little bit forgotten how these guys went end of the season what one and four. I mean, God, it's such a typical Raider finish. But I mean. Circling back to that that quarterback though, Bonte with Mariota, that that is an intriguing one. Like, how how do you feel about what that kind of sends a message to the team and to Derek Carr especially? Well, I think it it, it tells Derek Carr he's got to compete. This job's not going to be handed to him. You know, no more handouts. You know, no more scholarships from uh, number four uh, there in silver and black. He's got to go out there and compete and lead this team. And what I didn't like last year, you talk about that that rough finish for the Raiders. I thought it started at the quarterback position. Now, I get it. You don't have Antonio Brown out there, a wide receiver, the playmakers with Tyrell Williams. He's a bit banged up. You're relying on Zay Jones. Hunter Renfro is a nice little find there. But I thought the leadership of Derek Carr at times was awry. You know, you see him on these third and fourth downs, and he's pointing at receivers, and he's telling them, oh, you need to come here, and he's berating them right there on national television. I don't like seeing that from my quarterback at all. How about you go make a play instead of throwing things away? You know, throwing passes away like he did late in the season. Um, I thought the Tennessee game, you think about it. You're playing Tennessee, it's tied up at the half. You know, you're yeah. playing Kansas City, it's tough. It, 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 that game is close in that first half at Arrowhead Stadium, and then Derek Carr throws a pick. And it's just like, you got to make some plays here. So I like the message it sends to Derek Carr. It's saying, hey, look, if you don't play up to par, if you don't play up to our standards this year in 2020, we're ready to go. We got this new stadium. We're in a new home. We got a young hyena and a young thoroughbred and Josh Jacobs at running back. If you don't compete, if you don't compete at a high level, well, we have a backup quarterback now who can start. Now, look, is he the greatest starter in the world? Absolutely not. I thought Marcus Mariota at times showed how fragile he was in Tennessee. It looks like it's throwing motion at times. He's just like shot putting the football instead of just firing that sucker in. So he needs some work as well. But it does send a message to Derek Carr like, hey, look, you go a couple games struggling here and there. We get off to a slow start. We got somebody in the back. We got somebody on the sidelines here holding a clipboard who can come in and start and hopefully give us some production. So I like it. I like the message it sends to Derek Carr. I really do, because I thought he got a little too comfortable there uh, with the Raiders there playing quarterback. Nobody was pushing him, and I think he needs to be pushed. 
Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point about the leadership aspect of it, you know, going one and four, like, and I know, obviously, it wasn't ideal circumstances, like you said, you know, obviously, the AB situation was a mess, but that was yeah. in the beginning of the year, then Hunter Renfro goes down, but it's like, this is when we're supposed to turn to our six-year starter and, you know, take over and kind of fight us through it, so I think that's definitely a big point, I mean, it's, there's no secret that uh, the Raiders are have their questions like just look at Mariota's contract. I mean, that is mm -hmm. geared towards someone's that they think might be able to take over. Oh, no doubt about it. I think yeah. this training camp is going to be fascinating. And I know Mar Marcus Mariota is saying all the right things, talking about, look, this is Derek's team. I'm here to help him, blah, 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 blah. Show but him. I think at training yeah. camp in preseason, it's going to be real intriguing to see where John Gruden spends his time with and how much patience he, he has with Derek Carr. Because I think his patience is wearing thin. Just think back to his Tampa Bay days. Yeah. When Gruden was coaching Garcia and Chris Sims and Brad Johnson and Sean King and so on and so forth, his patience runs thin with quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I mean, how how much how much more patience is he going to show with Derek Carr going into their third? This is a third year between the two. I think this training camp, Gruden wants to win. He's yeah. saying he's looking at the AFC West saying, okay, the Chargers don't have a quarterback right now. They're rolling out Tyrod Taylor. The Broncos are still up and coming, but we're right there with the Denver Broncos. We could beat them. And then you add that 17 in the playoffs, and no matter what people say, okay, was it realistic that the Raiders were going to make that the Raiders were going to make the playoffs last year? Probably not. But the fact that they were in the hunt with mm -hmm. all these young players, without a Jonathan Abrams, with the Josh Jacobs playing with basically a broken shoulder in the last six <laughs> eight weeks of the season, I think the patience, uh, Matt and Jose, I think the patience is going to wear thin if Derek Carr doesn't come out guns blazing. He has to come out and have a hot, yeah. hot start uh, to the 2020 season. Or I think we're going to hear a lot about Marcus Mariota taking over that job. Yeah, for sure. Bringing up that that point you brought with Derek Carr, Bonte, I'm been hammering on this podcast like every other week how he's just flailing his arms and practically throwing his teammates under the bus. Like that's not what a leader, especially in a sixth, seventh year at this point, is supposed to do. You need to uplift these guys, which I thought when he had the little hard knock scenario where he's trying to coach up Marcel Aitman, like mm. that did not feel genuine at all. That felt a little cringeworthy. I was like, Ugh. feels a little feels a little awkward position he's in. But can you imagine if Carr completely just falls flat in his face in the season? And then he gets benched, and then he has John Gruden down the street living next to him. And what is that? He's like, hey, yeah. hey man, I benched you for another guy. How are you doing today? But that that just brings up another another type of uh, a type, type of pathway they can look towards quarterback. The draft, Bonsage, is there yeah. a possible lookout for a potential? Because, you know, Gruden hasn't had his chance to get a quarterback yeah. that he can personally mow. Like, Mike Mariota is a contingency, but there's still no future there if Carr is in the guys. That you see somewhere maybe even the first round that they can go with? You know, you, you make a good point, Jose, that Marcus Mariota is a placeholder, you know, two-year deal. You don't – a lot of people – it's tough to see him as a long-term solution uh, to the quarterback position. And you got to think that one day Gruden does want to mold this quarterback. And, no, I didn't think it was ever Nathan Peterman. All right? Come on, folks. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's Deshaun Kaiser uh, uh, <laughs> is the long-term solution. But at 12, you know, the Raiders just desperately – with Darren Waller a tight end who, man – He's already a top five tight end, man. That dude can ball. Uh, you need a number one. You need somebody to take some of the heat off of Tyrell Williams. I do like Nelson Aguilar as sort of a redemption story here, even though he has the dropsies. I mean, you never know what you're going to get from Nelson Aguilar. Hunter Renfro is a solid, solid slot receiver. He's going to make catches. He's going to make plays for you. I, I love Hunter Renfro. I love him at Clemson. I love him now in his Raider uniform. If Jerry Judy is there at 12 for the Raiders, you got to take him. I think if you're the Raiders, you have to take him. 
I mean, it's either him or or, or Ken Law to D-tackle out of South Carolina. I really like that fit with the Raiders because I always thought they needed somebody. Uh, it's not the sexy pick to take a defensive tackle, but you need somebody in the middle there to wreck the game and really push that pocket inside. But I quarterback, it's tough, man. Like, how much would Gruden love Tua Tungavailoa if he dropped a 12? I mean, yeah. that is – you try Tua Tonga Vailoa, the writing's on the wall for Derek Carr, and hell, the writing's on the wall for Marcus Mariota that this is just a pit stop for you. Um, Justin Herbert, Hebert, Oregon, I don't know. I don't know about him at 12. I I, I don't know. If, if you got to take him at 12 and you pass up on one of these big-time receivers, if they are there, I think that's a mistake. Now, if somebody's there at 29, say a, a, a Mr. Love out of Utah State, Maybe Gruden does do that, but I think Gruden, if, if you really think about it, when he did take Bruce Gratkowski in Tampa Bay and he took Chris Sims, he still went with the veteran. He still went with the veterans. Mm-hmm. He still went the veteran way with Jeff Garcia. He still went the veteran way with Brad Johnson. It kind of quit on Sean King there in Tampa Bay. So I think Gruden does want a veteran, and I don't see the Raiders taking the first round. I don't see him using their first round pick on a quarterback at all. I think they have too many other needs. Um, now obviously they filled it at linebacker, but. D-tackle, wide receiver. You need another playmaker there. Maybe even a DB. What if C.J. Henderson is dropping there to 12 yeah. for the Raiders? I, I wouldn't I, – you know, if you need a corner, I think they do need a corner because Mullen, sure, he's a young guy. He has potential, but you can never have enough corners there, uh, especially in this league and especially with Kansas City in the division with all their playmakers at the wide receiver position. So I don't see him taking a quarterback in the first round at all, uh, and I especially don't see him taking a quarterback with number 12 overall uh, in this upcoming draft. Got a couple questions in there for you, Bonza. So, you know, with 12, uh, you know, you mentioned Jerry Judy. So are you, uh, are you a Judy over a Lamb guy? Or where you, yeah, what's where wrong you with st- the other guys? <laughs> dude, I, dude, there was a tweet, controversial tweet I had during the season where I said C.D. Lamb is the best receiver in college football. And, okay. look, I, I – you think about C.D. Lamb at Oklahoma. I get it. It's the Big 12. Defense is optional in that conference. We know that. There's a lot of 55 to 50 games. But C.D. Lamb, knowing that, He's the number one option. Oklahoma really didn't have a number two receiver, if you really think about it. And CeeDee Lamb made plays two straight years, no matter who he played. I mean, he breaks tackles. He has – his feet is underrated, the way he jukes people. Yeah, well, I'm a big CD guy. I'm a big, big CD Lamb guy. Judy does fascinate me, though. He does fascinate me, but this is why I pressed the pause button on Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. All the guys at Alabama, it's like you can't double cover – Anybody. You got Waddle. You got you got Devontae Smith. You got Ruggs who's coming out. I mean, you got all these playmakers at Alabama. Who are you going to double team? So Judy got the benefit of seeing single coverage every single day. So it's really between CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. It's flip your coin for me. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at either one of those guys. <laughs> uh, I like I, I'm a big CeeDee Lamb fan for some reason. It, it, it reminds me of last year with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel lit up the senior bowl down there in Mobile, Alabama, lit it up, ran all these great routes. Then we got to the combine and everybody was talking about DK Metcalf. Everybody's talking about DK Metcalf. It's like people forgot about Debo Samuel. And I was like, man, Debo Samuel slips in the second round. I want that guy. Now the 49ers were able to select him in the second round. And you saw what Debo did this year. He didn't look like a rookie when we got to December or January. He started balling out. CeeDee Lamb is that type of guy where it's like nobody's talking about him. And I think he's sitting back at his home in Texas saying, huh, they got another thing coming, man. C.D. Lamb got some dog in him. So I'm not mad at C.D. If he ended up in the Raiders uniform as a possessor receiver, he's got hands. He may have the yeah. best of your hands in this draft. I think people are not giving C.D. 
slam enough love. And for whatever reason, all these little drills, three cone drills or shuttle drills and all this, I don't care. Look <laughs> at the tape. Look at the tape and what he did at Oklahoma. And he did that with Jalen Hurts, who I don't think is a polished quarterback when it comes to throwing the football. CeeDee Lamb is a player, man. So, I look, if the Raiders ended up with CeeDee Lamb, I'd pop some champagne if I was a Raider fan. <laughs> CeeDee Lamb could ball, man. He's going to give yeah. you everything he's got. You know, they kind of that's two weeks in a row now we've had a guest for in love with CeeDee Lamb for the Raiders. You know, Q last week, one of his points that stuck with me was, hey, the thing about CeeDee Lamb was consistency. It didn't matter who was his quarterback, Baker yep. Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. He mm-hmm. did the same output and elevated these players and turned them into not saying he's a direct cause, but he definitely was a factoring factoring reason to why these players were Heisman Trophy candidates. So that that that's a great deal, and I feel like personally to me, C.D. Lamb is definitely a better fit. Don't go with relics because this team barely goes deep, you know. So and Judy, I'm with you too, Bonte. Judy's awesome and very sweet too, but I think yeah, I'm in love with Lamb as well. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. and you think about the deep route. You got Tyrell Williams for that, fellas. Exactly. You got Tyrell Williams to go deep. You mm-hmm. got. Waller down the scene. Waller's capable. Yeah. You got Renfro to work the underneath routes, the drag routes, the slot routes, the option routes. And then CD Lamb could just, he just wins one on ones. Yeah. He wins one on ones. I don't see him lose too many one on ones. And he goes out there, the one knock that everybody's saying on Jerry Judy, the one knock about him that I keep hearing is he doesn't go up to go high point the football. He doesn't mm-hmm. go up and get it. Well, Coach CD goes up and gets it. <laughs> he goes up and gets it. So uh, CD Lamb, man, I, I, I don't think he's getting enough love in this draft at all. Judy's kind of taking over the hype because of the speed and the 40 drills and what he does at the line of scrimmage. But C.D. Lamb is could easily be the best wide receiver in this upcoming draft. Into the, the Eli Apple situation a little bit. But without Eli Apple and now, like you're talking about before with Trayvon and, you know, especially without Taylor Worley either, is it's either Mullen and, uh, you know, Isaiah Johnson, who's going to be a second-year player who basically missed most of his rookie year, or a Keyson Nixon, who's going to be – another undrafted guy so i'm curious you almost think they you think they could go with a corner at 12 over over a wide receiver even if one of those guys are on the board it it wouldn't shock me if mayock and gruden try to move up from their second first round pick not at all i I mean you may have to package that to move up and go get another player because cj henderson is very very intriguing now if you get fulton from lsu another guy people for some reason is not talking about to me, you can never go wrong with the LSU DB, man. They come in balling. They come in making plays. Now, they may get beat here in time, time and time again, but Florida DBs and LSU DBs and me are at the top of the list. They go out and ball out, and Ohio State's right there at number three. Uh, I, look, if there's a receiver on the board, this league is all about offense, right? Uh, I mean, you could get away with the subpar defense like the Kansas City Chiefs did a year ago. Uh, you could get away with it and, and, and still win a Super Bowl. So I think you need to beef up this offense because you got the line in place. I love this offensive line. Gabe Jackson, Hudson, Incognito, Trent Brown, and Colton Miller. I think it could be one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in pro football. So you're going to get pass protection. Get Derek Carr or Mariota some weapons because I don't want to hear any more excuses. Get Derek Carr all the tools that he needs mm-hmm. to go thrive there. Get him a bona fide number one wide receiver because we can't we can't front. When Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree were balling in a Raider uniform, this team was throwing a ball. They was looking good offensively. And Derek Carr was having some – hey, it was an MVP conversation Jeez. in 2016. We know what happened there on Christmas Eve against the Colts. So get him a playmaker. I would lean wide receiver. Uh, I would lead Matt. I would lead wide receiver at 12 over a corner. But if none of those – if CD and Judy's gone, I'm not a big rugs guy. Like a lot of people are, are talking Same. about rugs, And, you know, I know he's shifty and he's a speedster, but – I need a, I need a guy who can beat one-on-one coverage at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if Ruggs can do that. Maybe he can. 
But if 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 it's just Rugs and C.J. Henderson, I'm taking C.J. Henderson. That's where I'm at, and I don't think that'd be a bad pick when you look at the division that you're in. Look, the Broncos now got some weapons coming up. Uh, we know about the Chargers' weapons with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and now we know about what Kansas City's doing. So, if Judy and Lamb are not on the board for the Raiders, I'm taking C.J. Henderson. Now, if Judy or Lamb are on the board, I think you have to go with wide receiver at 12. You know, Bonte, it sounds like the Raiders have like a pretty positive outlook, although it feels like that's how it is every offseason. <laughs> last time <laughs> when we talked about it before last year's offseason, before Mac Mayock was even in power, you know, I asked you, hey, can the Raiders even be successful with just Gruden calling on the shots? And you outrightly said no, and I wholeheartedly agreed with that. Yeah. Now that Mike Mayock's in the fold and you've seen one offseason with them and they're about to enter year two, is, is things changed a little bit? Is everything is things a little brighter? Because obviously Gruden's still calling the shots, but Mayock might have a little pull there. Is there a little is there a little bend here we're getting now? I, I think so, man. Mike Mayock is a guy who could tell John Gruden no. I think he'll push back John Gruden and really push him on the decisions he's making. Now, like you said, Jose, John Gruden is going to have the final say. You know, and we saw that with the Antonio Brown saga where <laughs> Gruden tried to hold on for dear life to keep AB in a Raiders. <laughs> Mayock was like, all right, come on, man. Enough's enough. We got to get rid of this guy. And I, I still think it was the right decision to cut AB. You didn't need that. It was yeah. 81 guys and one. It was 52 guys and one uh, when the season started. So I do think Mayock is good for this organization because this is what he does. He breaks yeah. down players. He scouts. He goes to games. This is his bread and butter. And you saw him make a pick when nobody's talking about Max Crosby. Man, Max yeah. Crosby was phenomenal in his rookie year. Uh, to bring in Waller into the system. And picking Josh Jacobs when a lot of people say, why are you taking a running back in the first round? I, I was on, I was all aboard with Josh Jacobs. I know you, yeah, I wanted Josh Jacobs. Man, Josh Jacobs is a player, man. And that guy, I think he got shafted out of Rookie of the Year, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. And obviously yeah. the shoulder injury had to do with that uh, late in the season when he missed some games and he was very limited. But I do think Mayock is empowered and having Mayock in that building to give John Gruden a sounding board and some pushbacks and resistance, I think it's good for the Raiders moving forward. Now I'm really looking forward to see, seeing what they do in this draft because I think the Raiders, man, it can make that jump. It can make that jump from a non-playoff team like we saw with the 49ers being 4-12. And and I'm not saying Super Bowl, but I definitely the Raiders could push Kansas City, man. I Look, I look back at that first game, you're up 17-0. 17-0, right? No, excuse me, 10-0. 10, 10 yeah. And they had the ball. They had the ball. They punted, and then the Chiefs went crazy. The yeah. Raiders were in that game with limited playmakers. You get a couple more playmakers in here and, a, and another good draft, you can compete with them. You can. So I think Mayock is good for the system, man. Mayock is going to be a hell of a GM for this team. Yeah, man, that's a good point. You got, uh, I think, what, two out of the three top receivers didn't end up finishing the team with J.J. Nelson and uh, Ryan Grant. <laughs> Exactly. They were there, so exactly. (laughs) Oh man, I gotta take off these. I gotta take off my headphones from all the hot fire that Bonte is dropping over (laughs) here, man. Bonte, bro, thank you so much for hopping on with us, man. Spending your quality quarantine Sunday with us. (laughs) Appreciate it, man. Jose, Matt, man, this was a lot of fun, man. Can't wait for the NFL draft. You guys keep doing what you do, man. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Tell your loved ones that you love them, man. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Keep up the great work, fellas. Fellas. Yeah, man. Where can, uh, where can the people find you, Bonta? At your own risk, at Bonte Hill on Twitter, <laughs> B-O-N-T-A-H-I-L-L. At your own, yeah, at your own risk. You, you, you got some people. Who knows what's coming out of my mouth or what I'm tweeting. It's controversial. <laughs> Damn near every tweet. But we have a lot of fun on Twitter, man. As long as you don't take it seriously, we can have a lot of fun on Twitter. And I think uh, 
Jose knows that we don't take it too seriously, man. We 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 have some fun. We talk about each other, man. We we bust each other's balls. So uh, look forward to seeing you guys in the press boxes, man. Uh, this upcoming season, man. Whether it's uh, Vegas or Levi Stadium down in Santa Clara, man. Look forward to talking more football with you guys. Appreciate it, man. Thanks again for coming on. Anytime. Appreciate you, brother. All right, brothers. All right, big thanks to Bonta Hill for hopping on. Uh, you know, obviously a little bit of relationship with Jose, so that was pretty cool to have him on here and talk about some free agency in the draft. But one thing, probably the biggest news coming out from uh, Raiderland is the uh, the Eli Apple saga. Um, you know, kind of co- calls me back to the Roger Saffold situation from a few years ago. So, Jose, I mean, you're a guy who was uh, pretty high on Eli Apple. What are your, what are your thoughts now moving forward? How is it? How does this change things? I don't say pretty high as if like I touted him like like he's high. a great player. You were happy they signed. I was happy because I had said let's go after him. Why not? <laughs> you know, although yeah. it's like if if we had said beforehand like hey, I I didn't think Demarius Merida would have been even possible. Although I'm surprised he even lasted this long in the first place. So the fact that you're telling me hey cut Eli Apple and let's get Demarius on the cheap. Hell yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I'll take that ten times out of ten. Apple, like Bonte was saying, you know, he did come around a little bit in New Orleans. I know the Q had his own concerns and really hated that signing. I was like, you know what? Just just bring him. At some point, you gotta you gotta get someone in here to try to like fix things up. But Demarius Randall is solid because now you add you you increase the quality the quality of talent at the safety position, and then he also has that flexibility to be a corner. Although. Yeah. Given Paul Gunther, the way he runs the system, he hardly likes to interchange his players, I feel like, because, you know, we know the whole thing. Like, he wouldn't move Marcus Joyner off the slot because he didn't – when he was – when supposedly they wanted to offer Chris – when they offered Chris Harris that deal, they were like, no, we're going to keep LaMarcus Joyner here. You're going to do this. So, I mean, it's like – it's a little bit lack of adaptation. So, I doubt they'll do that with Demarius Randall, but – you know, if he's smart, he will do that. You know, especially he'll tell Lamarcus, "Hey, you're not going to be slot the whole time. At some various points in the season, I'm going to need you to mask the formation, come up, start in the slot position, then drop up like five, ten yards and bail out and just play your third. You know, you know, nice little, nice little disguising. I love that Randall side. You know, he's not he's not a great player. He's a solid player. Um, had a down year, although I think maybe a little bit can be attributed because he did play safety supposedly. I don't know. I saw I saw some interesting pro football f- pro, some pro football focus stats that I'm pretty sure you could bring up about. But yeah, Demarius Randall, man, it's, I love it. I'm in love with that signing. Yeah, I mean, I kind of you know, I, obviously, I wasn't that high on. Uh, wasn't pre- pretty happy with the Eli Apple signing, so I kind of feel like this is a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Hey. But yeah, I mean, I think bringing in um bringing in Demarius Randall at what half the cost. I think Demarius Randall is like one year, three and a half million, something like that. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I mean, I think like you said, he mixes into the safety rotation and I mean, he gives you another, another potential player to play cornerback, which obviously is going to be, in my opinion, a bigger need than wide receiver right now. We were talking about it a little bit with Bonta, but right now your cornerback too is either Isaiah Johnson, who, you know, Obviously, barely played last year, barely even got any preseason snaps. And Keyson Nixon, who was a preseason hero, but, you know, obviously he's kind of an unproven commodity at this point. And I think, you know, I, I mean, if I'm calling the shots right now, if I'm Mike Mayock, I probably prioritize corner at 12. If, uh, you know, one of those guys like uh, Bonto was talking about, Christian uh, Christian Fulton or CJ Henderson was on, available. It's going to be a very intriguing uh, part. It, it kind of seems that 12 and 19 are 100 percent going to be wide receiver and corner no matter what. Whichever way you flip it, it seems like it's going to be a lock. Even though I did see Matt Miller on Friday drop that little little tidbit that yeah. some league execs around 
think that the Raiders can go defensive tackle on 19. And at 19, I'm wondering who's going to be available at defensive tackle versus 12. You know, if, if you're going to go to defensive tackle, then wouldn't 12 be it? Because Javon Kinlaw and somehow, some way, Derek Brown falls. Um, it, you know, just just don't overthink it. The defensive line position is is adequate. Just keep going corner and wide receiver, and I think everything will fall into place, hopefully. Yeah, it's 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 funny to me that you know there's a good amount of uh good amount of rumors are good about the defensive tackle position because it's like if I'm looking at the roster, especially after adding Malik Collins, I feel like that's one of the better position groups for the Raiders right now. I mean, you have a guy like uh, a guy like Maurice Hurst who's been well. I mean, I know he hasn't been showing up on the stat sheet as quite as much, but he's been good for you. Then you have obviously Jonathan Hankins who's the run stuffer, which would probably be what um. What a, a guy like Derek Brown's role would be. I mean, maybe they want to move on from one of those. I'm not sure what their cast situation. Hall, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, I think yeah, PJ, PJ Hall is on. That's on notice this year, 100. percent But 100, I, and I 100 percent agree with you on that one. But then to me, it's like, okay, well, I feel like you're if you're not going to get rid of Hankins, who's played well for you, you got Malik Collins, who will, I'm assuming is going to start. Maybe I'm off on that. So you're going to have one of your first round picks not start, like. When you when you can get yeah. a starter at on the outside on the perimeter, it's just kind of weird for me right now. It's it's interesting rumor. I don't know if I'm 100 percent buying that right now. But you know what? It doesn't make sense, but it makes sense from a Raider standpoint because <laughs> these true. guys are just scrambled all over the place. But this is this is how we finished off with Bonte's take. Like the outlook looks good because of Mayock, and just imagine if Gruden was still doing it, then everything would be all crap. Like imagine just just remember, man, his first draft with Reggie. They both had separate draft boards. Like, are you kidding me? You, you guys can come together for the better of the team. You guys were so stuck in your own mind. I mean, maybe it was more so John Gruden because if if anything's the case, it's more so he has the pride and wants to showboat, not showboat, but wants to be you know respected as like, hey, I'm a great genius versus Reggie, who's just you know he always thought trying to he tried to do the best for the team. wasn't great, wasn't bad either, but that's yeah. just. I, I'm just glad that they're in this position right now with Mayock. So hopefully he has he has more say in this draft because I feel like that Feral pick wasn't 100% on him at number four because it's like we redo it. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure everyone's come around saying like yeah we we, we I think we all should have took the Raiders should have taken someone different at four. It, it, it's still too early, of course, year two, yes, but yes, just judging by the transactions like we talked about a couple weeks ago already yeah. that it's already been said it's it's a little intriguing, but yeah, falling circling back to what started Demarius Randall, love it. I mean, and I'm looking it up right now from a PFF grading standpoint, you know, obviously take that for what you will, not the end all be all. He's actually played better as a safety at um, in Cleveland. Yeah, he's had, you know, and 18 had a grade above 70, which is a good player. And then just below um, 69, nice point three in 2019 um, at play, again, playing safety. And I think that's really helped him again. You know, it's it's kind of getting into a log jam of guys that are, you know, good not not great at safety i mean obviously abram being hopefully being the one great one that uh ends up emerging from the from the bunch but you know after that it's you know jeff heath eric harris guys that again good players but no one that's really stands out to you among among the rest so and i think this is going to be the final year the finally the year where we can finally because you know when we had sean on those few months back back in december that you guys wanted to like beat up paul gunther to a certain extent and it's he just didn't have anyone you know now he has a, 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 like a substantial amount better it's not exponentially better but it is like enough to the point like okay this is somewhat to be an average defense you know and now look yeah. now we're back to the point where we were this time last year when we actually started this podcast was yeah. hey look 
they're out to build an offensive juggernaut with a defense that's going to bend a bunch of times and break at times. It's yeah. a Swiss cheese defense. And look, they're doing the same thing. Except this year, I think it's a little better because they did have those younger pieces. Like like we alluded to, Max Crosby, <clears throat> Trayvon Mullen hopefully steps up, and Jonathan Abrams coming back. So hopefully that does boost it a lot and makes it makes them a more rounded team. Because now that that now that their number seven, well actually I'm surprised we haven't talked about this yet. Let's talk about it right now. Number seven seed. Do the Raiders have a? Are the Raiders going to be able to playoffs this year now? Number seven seed, or we should probably hold that off until after the draft once we finally all the pieces are settled. I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It's way too early right now. But I mean, I've kind of jokingly said this to to Chris on Twitter when that all that stuff was going out. And I'm like, I feel like it just is going to increase our hope a little bit more. And then in Raider fashion, like we have seen the last 20 years, we're just going to get disappointed. Like it's almost just like I'd almost rather it be less teams because then I just, you know, I don't get my hopes up as much. But uh, but no, so I, kind of what you're talking about with Gunther, you know, it's funny. The the car Mariota situation, I think, is pretty damn similar with the uh, with the Gunther and Marinelli situation, you know, Marinelli is kind of that guy that's right behind him who has defensive coordinator success, has defensive coordinator success in the past. And he's kind of looming over Gunther as well. And, all right, we're going to transition a little bit, a little bit less football talk with quarantine going on. I know I have one, a guilty pleasure that we've been uh, that I've <laughs> discovered through our great Netflix. But I'm curious, Jose, you got a, you got a guilty pleasure you want to share with people if you're not afraid. I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure. I mean, I can't even – I think pretty much this whole time all I've been doing is just like everyone else, Netflix and playing a ton of video games, ton of video games. And I already openly admitted a few weeks that I love Total Wine. So, hey, if you guys are listening, <laughs> I want a sponsorship from you guys. All right, I go there all the time. Um, although I forgot to go on Friday, which sucked because I was pretty much dry all weekend. Um, Ooh. Pretty much just, yeah, just playing video games, I guess. I mean, I'm not even sure if I have a game. Maybe I do, and I just can't think about it. But just thinking on the surface, what I've been doing since it started, heavy amounts of video games, Netflix, you know, it's just just pretty much that's it, man. You know, just I'm, I'm on Rocket League. So if anyone's on Rocket League, it's not all about Madden. You know, Madden's <laughs> not even one of my favorite games. It's just a game that I can just use this to talk shit to friends. But <laughs> Rocket League is a game. And if anyone's watched The Witcher on the Netflix Buy the video game The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. That If you want something that's going to take up your time, that's going to take up your time for this entire period. I guarantee you it's going to take you at least three months to beat that game. That's including DLC. So, I mean, that phenomenal game. That's pretty much it. I'm, I'm such a nerd about this stuff. I love <laughs> sports, but I also love my video games, dude. If, it, if I wasn't getting into sports at one point when I was a kid, I thought I was going to get into like, some type of computer stuff just so I can do video games because I loved it so much. So, I'm a diehard nerd about that. All right, I feel it. I feel it. Get get on the video games. Get on the sticks. Although I'll, for me, you know, my uh, fiance has been. We've been watching a lot more Netflix, and I, I got to be honest. I uh, I'll, I'll admit this, and this is going to be big of me, but I've like almost fallen in love with Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> like the storylines. Like we've been watching them basically since season one, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there. I used to make fun of it a lot, and I've always known it was a good show. I mean, you know, 16 seasons and bad. But now I'm sitting there like, what do you mean? What happened to McDreamy? What happened to McSteamy? What are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean? Catherine Heigl left Karev. This is ridiculous. I'm hooked. I, I have to admit it. You know what? I don't judge you on that. I would judge you, though, if you did watch that show Love is Blind. Uh, yeah, we watched that a while ago. Yeah, don't. That's that's a different I, thing. I will say that we watched it because there was nothing to do and we couldn't finish it. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hate those shows. Do you like The Bachelor, all that stuff? Like. Like, come on, man. Really? Aren't you guys all better than that? Come on. <laughs> Everyone knows it's rigged. I mean, shoot. 
if you're going to watch something that's rigged, go watch WWE or something. At least it's funny. People get hit or something like that. But yeah. um, you know what? Now that you thought brought up Grey's Anatomy, I can't say it's a guilty pleasure in minds now, but the, it, another nurse show that's raw you should watch. I think it's still on Netflix. I might just run it back again. It has eight seasons. It's called Nurse Jackie. It's about this nurse oh, yeah. who gets freaking with high the, on drugs hella, de- hella every day. With the um, I Eddie can't Falco. remember her name. No, the nurse Jackie's like she was the Sopranos. Yeah, I heard she was in the Sopranos. That's right. Yeah, um, dude, that show's pretty good. It's, it's actually really funny. It's really right. funny. I don't know why it's I think it's they put it as a drama, I think. It's not it does have its dramas moments and it's like cringe, it's like, oh, but it, it it's pretty funny, honestly. I liked watching for the intrigue of the funny. It was like maybe it was like a comedy drama. That's a thing, a dramedy. Oh yeah, it is a thing. A dramedy. <laughs> um no, that's a great show you guys should watch. It, it's kind of has like a good storyline. It's funny, so I'm not afraid to admit that. I might run that back right. I can't run it back. I have way too much on my list right now. <laughs> I still have Narcos to watch. I still have Ozark three to watch. I have goddamn dude. I have hell shows I gotta watch. This is terrible. I'm just have too you, much video games. You uh, you caught up on the Tiger King yet? I'm not watching that. Oh, I can't do. It, it looks. You have to. No, I'm not watching that. I, I can't, especially you. because everyone on Twitter is watching it. It makes me want to watch it less. It's like, all right, I can't do it now. No. I no. feel you, but it is legit one of the most insane documentaries I've ever watched. My cousins told me that, too, in our group chat. They're like, yo, you guys watch Tiger King? That shit was insane, <laughs> dude. Someone said she totally killed him or something. And I'm like, I'm so lost. I'm like, what? And I'm like, like, all right, you guys already spoiled it for me, so that makes me want to watch it less, which – which already was at negative. So, I mean, like, now nah, I'm cool. I'm cool off that. Oh, you're missing out, man. Missing out. <laughs> ah, I'm sure I'm not. I'm just going to go stick to my video games and Nurse Jackie. So, hit me up for Rocket League if you want. Well, actually, no. We got team up. Rocket League's a co-op game, not against game. So, gotcha. All right. That's all we got for you guys this week. Jose, where can the good people find you, man? At JSanchSI. Come get happy, people. And you can follow me on Twitter at MHolder95. Follow the pod if you're not already. And please give us those five-star reviews wherever you can. Other than that, until next week. Hey,